Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the high ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined by the, by the great Stone Hanson and the wonderful Cooper Klein. We are recording our second of three podcasts today, so uh, exciting stuff there. It's uh, that time of year, man. Um and we're taking a little break from the 30 for 30. I shouldn't say a break. A, a pod 30 for 30 pod did drop today. Just uh it's also dropping next to a breakdown of some some funky defense first freshmen. It's probably what I'll title the pod, defense first freshmen. Uh these are some guys who are all over consensus boards, but who are all, I'm pretty sure, locked into the draft at this point, and who are all really, really, you know, just interesting guys so before we get too into it coop stone my friends how you guys doing i'm doing good um i've been trying to grind as much tape as i can headed into this and then our future pods coming up um so i'm tired because i'm getting like three hours of sleep a night but uh excited to talk about these guys um in preview run about a lot of them this is a uh, this is pod number two I'm exhausted. I don't even know why. I'm just wiped today. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited to talk about these guys. I really like one, and then there's there's some funk with the rest of them. But you know, let, let's hop right in to the to the best player we'll talk about probably for like two weeks. So this is gonna be this this is gonna be a, a standoffish pod. I think we're all tired. Like we're like we all just have that vibe where we're all tired and we're all gonna be short with each other. So. Um, just, just, just so you know, if this pod does have some, uh, some, some talking over, fighting arguments, we all do love each other and all that, uh, all that, uh, I hate small, you schmulty stuff. Yeah, well, stone, stone's a little different, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Amari Bailey. Amari Bailey was, I believe, the fourth overall player out of his high school class, according to ESPN. Uh, now we all know that Paul Biancardi is not seeing the pearly gates, so um like uh, i i i try not to take his words too too close to the chest but very very highly touted it's listed at 65 185 but guess what we actually have full measurements now it's about damn time he is 6325 without shoes so you say with shoes he probably probably will be listed at like 64 um 65 was i knew that was a bit of an overlisting but it's better than I, I thought there was a chance he was only like six two coming out of high school. And then when he played at UCLA, I thought he looked noticeably bigger. Um has a six seven wingspan. So not the longest arms, but not horrible, like like solid stuff. Um and uh yeah, I, I'm not gonna go through like vertical and stuff because frankly, I I don't care about like your vertical or your weighing agility because that stuff does not matter, uh, at least not in the abstract. But we will go over his stats at UCLA. Oh, he, also, February 17, 2004, birthday. Um, so he is 19. He will turn 20. He, he's a fairly, like, average age, maybe even on the skewing on the side of young freshman. His rookie season will be his age 19 season. So that's that's good stuff. You like to see that. For UCLA this year, he only averaged 26.8 minutes per game, and he missed some chunk of the season for injury, but he averaged 11.2 points on 49.5, 38.9, 69.8 shooting splits. 
uh, grabbed 3.8 boards, 2.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.3 blocks, 2.4 turnovers, uh, avoided fouls well, for whatever that's worth. Um, 55.3% true shooting, not great, but no one on, literally no one on UCLA, I think, except David Singleton had a good true shooting. So take that for what you will. Um, 14.6 assist rate to a 19.4 turnover rate, not good. 2.5 steal rate is really good. 1.4 block rate is pretty solid for, for a wing, I would say. Um, for some Bart stats, um, he had a really interesting, like UCLA, um, we had this rant last year with Peyton Watson. That was just a bad choice for him. Amari Bailey actually fit pretty well, I think. Um, and some of the stuff he did athletically in the tight spacing really impresses. 16 dunks on the year shot uh 65.3% on close twos really really good finishing numbers when you consider the fact that he was playing with two non-shooters a lot of the time his role was mostly as a slasher really shows off some solid athletic traits with those numbers uh 36.6% on far twos um seems about right he he's kind of a i would say he's like his 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 brand coming in was this like this good on-ball defender with tough shot making chops like that's kind of his and some athletic finishing and and i think that's still kind of his sell but i want to start defensively um i think that's where the most intrigue is so i'll just throw this to you how'd you feel about his on ball defense um i liked it quite a bit um i thought that he did a really good job of staying in front of guys um at the point of attack uh, i thought that he moves well pretty laterally um very like supersonic type hips defensively where he just can flip them extremely quickly. Um, the big thing on ball, really the only thing on ball that I didn't like was his screen navigation. I thought he had really poor screen navigation and had really poor reads of angles when how to come off of screens. Um, I thought a lot of times uh, not, not only did he get like stopped by a screen, but he would also, um, just come off of the screen really poorly. And by the time he uh, separated himself from that screen, it was way too late and there's no chance at recovery defense. So I think that's the big thing he's going to have to really focus on in that aspect of on-ball defense. But apart from that, you know, I really liked it. I thought um, he has fairly quick hands in my opinion um, and good like mirroring footwork. Uh, there's not a whole lot outside of that screen nav that I disliked. Yeah, I thought he was a little bit too jumpy at the point of attack, but a lot of that I think is just UCLA was like desperate to get out in transition and just run the ball down your throat. So I don't think that he was like coached to keep that down. I really, really liked the the point of attack defense. Uh, I thought he executed switches really well. Uh, I don't like the screen nav. I didn't think it was like awful, but it wasn't great. But like when guys when he got screened out of a play, he was really good at directing his teammate and then peeling off to his man and, and executing that kind of stuff. And I, I think the hands are just top notch. His hand-eye coordination is really good. He's really good at getting all ball, disturbing guys without fouling, uh, just really advanced with a lot of the smaller stuff. And for somebody who was like such, like he played a lot of minutes and he defended a lot of really tough guard assignments and he only had two and a half fouls per 40 so uh, I I think that really shows on tape as well, because uh, he's just he's, he's he's really good at not fouling despite gambling and 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 getting his hands involved in the action a lot. I I think that there is like a little bit of like 
more flash than substance some with his defense he's very active and i think like we sometimes mistake like active and solid on ball defense for great on ball defense i'm with stone where i thought the screen nav was pretty rough some of it i think was his um teammates uh i think Adam bona really left him out to dry quite a bit but i thought that his hips were fairly stiff uh so and i actually had a pretty in-depth conversation about this over text where he's really quick like side to side and that sometimes makes it look like he has hips like Shakira but in actuality like in terms of like drop steps and actually shifting the direction of his hips they're pretty stiff and pretty slow and that hurts his screen nav that hurts his ability to like like stay on someone's side as they drive if they do attack his top foot that's why he's oftentimes guarding more like either trying to really hard shade someone where uh, like UCLA would do this thing where they would ice from the half court line where basically they would sit like a, a, usually a right-handed driver. Amari Bailey would like guard on his right hip. So he would just force him to go left from the half court line. Not something you see very often, pretty creative stuff from Mick Cronin. Honestly, I will say their defense was really funky this year. Um, so like, you know, his recovery is not great. I don't think uh, because of the hips, he just struggles to get into recovery defense quick. But I think, like, he's strong. He can definitely guard twos, uh, you know, at a high level. He can guard some ones in schemes where he's not forced to get over screens. Um, and he, I think he can guard some threes because he's strong. But I do worry for someone that I'm saying, like, the screen nav is bad and a big sell for them is on-ball defense, that they're only 6'4", and with, with not, like, stupid long arms or anything. Like, he's two guard sized he's smaller than some point guards and when you consider that as talking about a wing defender that does worry me a little bit um but maybe he makes up for it with some really high level off ball defense so Coop, I'll throw this to you how do you feel about his off ball d I, I i think he did a lot of good stuff within the uh like the weird funky schemes that they were running um i think like he could get caught watching off the ball but i thought his positioning and like jumping passing lanes and all that kind of stuff you know he's young he was way too jumpy like he was at the point of attack uh but i think that he was just pretty solid despite playing with a lot of guys who like consistently just wanted to get out and run just wanted to create really big plays like Jalen clark like adam bona uh and i thought his closeouts were really solid as well he wasn't like a crazy helper or anything but uh i mean he was i mean it was him and Hawkes who were the two best help defenders on that team and without like trying to be defensive playmakers and he was really good at digging in helping bothering guys who were who are rolling down the lane and then closing back out to his guy uh i, I didn't think he was like anything special but like you know a six four guy but he was nice he was solid i don't think he's going to get completely abused as an off-ball defender yeah, I, I thought the off-ball defense was pretty fine. Um, I, I felt like he didn't have a ton of event creation. Um, he's not, like, uh, you know, going to be jumping a ton. Of, he, to me, didn't, like, jump a ton of lanes properly and, like, get steals and make it into the fast break. Like, he didn't do a lot of that, but I think that there's room for that because of how quick his hands are. Um, and I thought screens, he sort of struggled with off-ball. Um but screen nav to me, I'm trying to get better at like 
evaluating how improvable certain skills are that guys don't have. Um, and like, for example, a few years ago, I remember watching Yoko Betis and his, and his screen nav was awful, like atrocious. And then last year I watched him in uh, for Lithuania and FIBA and it's like way, way improved. So it's like uh, watching that sort of drastic improvement for someone like Yoko Betis. If he can do it, I feel like Omari Bailey can do it. So um, it's not a huge deal for me. It's something that I think, you know, is worth noting coming into the league, but I think it's fairly improvable over, you know, the first couple of years of his uh, NBA career. So I thought he was a pretty fine uh, off-ball guy. Um, but uh, again, I think he's just not going to be able to, or he might be able to, but currently doesn't create a whole lot um, in terms of like fast breaks or anything. Yeah. So I think for me, I, I was, I'm a little lower on his off-ball defense than you guys. I think he's fine. UCLA did not have him making like NBA type rotations. Um, I did like his stuff, like playing in gaps and, and that type of stuff. Not as good as someone we're going to talk about at that, but I think solid. Um, I, I like, again, like the size does concern me a little bit because I think he's almost a three defensively. The more I kind of talk about him, like, because I don't love him at the point of attack. And so I get what you're saying about the potential improvability. Um, and maybe there's definitely like, there's definitely like flexibility games that people go through, but I'm not sure that like his hips can get much better than they are because his footwork on ball is good. Like he has good on ball footwork and, and off ball as well. So it's, it's more, I think an athletic thing, like the way he's built in some way. And, you know, maybe that could be improved, but I'm not sure I'd be comfortable betting on that. Um, I thought his off ball screen now was really bad. He at the very least, like doesn't ball watch or man watch a ton. He's, He's just I, like he's just nothing special. I would say in help. The steal rate is good. I think that's a lot of his hands. I feel like a lot of his steals come on digs. I really do like his digs. Um, but again, to kind of be in a spot to be making a lot of digs, like you know, who do you want him guarding? Where like, and like his digs are good, but like his nail help isn't good. He's just like an inconsistent off ball defender, which tracks with his on ball stuff. Where it's like the good is pretty good, but it's not great, and that's kind of takes me to the offense because I think while I like him, I think there has to be something offensively to really buoy him because I don't think he's so good defensively that he has like this big, like this huge upside on that end to make up for being potentially nothing but a catch and shoot player. Like there has to be something more offensively. So starting with this back to you, I want to start with the slashing. I mentioned the finishing numbers being very impressive what do you think of him as like a slasher, closeout attacker, put the ball on the ground type guy? Yeah, um, I thought he was really good uh, at that. Obviously, I think that's pretty much his offensive calling card is is being somebody that can get down here really quickly and um, finish out of that. Uh, I thought he has a really good first step. Um, I would say I would say really good, not like elite or anything. Um, I think that he uh, is really good at in-air adjustments um he isn't like the craziest vertical leaper i would say um but i think while he's in the air he's really good at uh seeing where defense is and help defense the angles of where their arms are coming down and sort of adjusting around that um i think the touch is good like maybe above average to good somewhere in there um i think that he has I'm going to, it's going to bleed into the playmaking a bit for me because he just can't 
he, he doesn't use his slashing ability to make plays for others at all. Um, and it's really frustrating because I think Bailey could be like much higher on my board if this was the case, but uh, he's like almost always when he sees the rim going downhill, his goal is getting to that rim. He's not going to be passing to teammates when the help comes. He's not going to be, um, you know, playmaking. He can't, I don't think, get to the rim out of his own dribble. I think he needs screens a lot of times. Um, if the first step isn't what gets him there off of like a slightly tilted uh, defense or anything, he's generally going to be using screens, I feel like. Um, and when he's using screens, I don't feel like he uses the roller that much as a pick and roll guy. I think that um, he just lacks like in almost every possible way as a passer off of the slashing that he can create, but as specifically for the scoring aspect of it, um, I think that that's really his calling card and what he's really good at and will continue to be good at. Yeah. I mean, just the less dribbling you can make him do as a driver, um, I think he's really great at attacking weaknesses within the defense. I would say he was pretty easily. I mean, I don't know who else comes close, but but uh, he was the best cutter on UCLA. I think like he he is the second there's a hole in the defense. He is really fast. You know his his first step's solid, but then I think once he gets going, he can just like head of steam straight downhill. Uh, He's like great coming off DHOs. You can use him in a bunch of different ways as like almost like Bryce was talking about as, a, as like a three, even though you were talking about defensively, where you use him almost as like a, an off-ball wing, right? You use him to like run through dummy actions or, oh, you're going to come cut as this happens. And I, th- I think he's just got a great motor as an offensive player. Um, and he's really great at finishing with two hands. I think he was kind of mid with one hand, but like, with two hands when he can go up strong and really finish it, I th- I think he's just a really solid finisher. I do wish he would pass more though. It, it was kind of annoying watching him like draw two to two or even three to the ball and just still try to go up strong with it. Yeah. So I actually like the handle more than you guys, honestly. Like I, I it's not great or manipulative, but I think he did show an ability to keep it alive in tight spaces. And that's something I really value for someone who is going to be doing a majority of their stuff, attacking the second side. Um, Playing at UCLA in that type of pretty poor spacing kind of forces players to sink or swim handle-wise. I think a big reason Peyton Watson didn't play is because I think he was a better one-on-one handler than Bailey, but he couldn't handle those tight spaces as a dribbler. And Bailey can't. Bailey is pretty, I don't want to say slithery, but like, just being able to, someone sets a screen as he's coming off like a little pin down. He turns the corner and there's two people there and he can dribble in between them. Like, like it's not, it's not that he's like slinking through a ton of space or anything, but just being able to hit like one or two moves and keep his dribble alive and get all the way to the rim matters. I actually, despite him like being a, a like he had a lot of dunks and he's a pretty impressive two foot leaper. I actually thought he was mostly a below the rim finisher, which surprised me. Um, like he obviously can load up for some big dunks, but it, like he takes so much time and energy to like really explode at, at his top end. So he's usually just going for these little like pop off to contort around someone. He's pretty good at it. He's a great finisher, despite I would say not having great touch. So 
I like his closeout attacking. I like his, you know, overall ability there. Um, but I do kind of wonder, you know, is there any more upside than that? Coop, I'll throw this to you. How'd you feel about him as a playmaker? As I kind of alluded to, it's it's kind of underwhelming. I mean, especially for, I mean, he was a 15.2% assist rate to a, a 23 turnover rate. And I think a lot of that is both the handle, which I, I think like you just talked about, I mean, he's having to operate in a lot of tight spaces. And I think he was semi-comfortable, but also like it is still hard. Right. Like he's not a super advanced guy, like a like a even a Tiger Campbell who can just super operate in those tight spaces and just like get to his spots like whenever you want. Even like Jaime, like is just so strong that he can just kind of navigate a super cramped floor. I don't think Amari Bailey's handle is like that. Uh but I, I don't like all of his best passes come when he's like picked up the ball. Right. It's like he drives and then he picks up the ball and then he makes a good kick out. He can't like drive and then see like, oh, here's the defender. What is the read I can make? He has to like make the decision to stop his drive and like, oh, am I going to pull up here? Am I going to like make the the just the basic kick out? Um, and, and a lot of the time, especially against more solid defenders, the handle just doesn't get him anywhere unless they're like Stone was talking about with the screen. And like, I, I think he's like, like I said about the driving, he's just, best moving downhill just looking to score just you go sprinting full speed as hard as he can at the rim and he can make simple like ball movement type stuff and some kickouts but it's not i don't think it's like an nba level like connector second side like oh drive and kick offense type thing at least not yet yeah more concerning to me than the handle which i I'm not I don't hate the handle. Like I don't think it's awful. I just think for a guard you want it to be a lot better than what it is. Um but more concerning than that to me is he just does not read the floor like at all. Um it's basically he just he's a score first, score second guy. It's like he's going to get to the rim no matter what, um, or get his shot no matter what. Uh does he just doesn't know how to read the floor like at all. It, it doesn't matter where the defense is coming from, what side it's coming from, if the help is on its way. Uh, he just doesn't really understand how to read where the rest of his teammates are shifting around him. Um, and like none of his passes were anything more. I felt like than like needed bailouts or um him just passing you know like the next guy on the perimeter kind of a thing so i i thought for he he's not this combo guard i think that a lot of people are sort of labeling him as i think he's very much like a scoring guard um and the playmaking really was disappointing to me i think it's it's extremely underwhelming and even if the the handle were to improve a bit i think that it doesn't really make him any better of a playmaker just because he can't read anything um, in, in terms of how the rest of the offense is moving. So I was pretty, pretty low on it. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything to add. He's not a passer. I think the, the lack of vision uh, does extend to his drives. He will settle quite a bit. I think, I mean, so, some of the settling for pull-ups is just that, like, the spacing was bad and and – 
Mick Cronin encourages his guys to take mid-range jumpers. But it's also like, I just don't think that um, he has that type of vision to hit multiple moves and try and eke out space in the paint. Um, He's kind of like, he honestly, like as a slasher, reminds me a little bit of like Keontae George and some of the issues I had there. I think he's a better finisher by a mile than George but I do think that like is there's some similarities there the shooting is kind of the last thing I want to talk about with Bailey because I just I I really don't know what to think about it um it is super old school two motion like jump into shots and like like it's I mean it looks like like Tracy McGrady basically like where he's getting all the way up and then his arms move and he's kind of shooting it like at the top of his release. It's just a weird form that you don't see very often. He is not a confident three-point shooter. Now, some of that is probably Mick Cronin does not like his guys to shoot, but it's also like there's a reason you don't see a lot of guys with this type of two-motion jumper in the league anymore. It's because it's not it's it's considered generally more optimal for, you know, like mid-range tough shot making than it is like catch and shoot shooting i thought his shot prep was really bad um i'm not sure what type of shooter it could be obviously the number from three looks fine but the the free throw number was not great he did not have a reputation of being like some great shooter out of high school by any means i don't have the numbers there but i never watched him and was like oh this is a guy who can really shoot he hits tough shots sometimes but obviously there's there's you know minimal returns there's a reason the the tough mid-range fadeaway pull-up jumper has gone out of vogue he shot 36.6 percent which is a pretty okay number on contested long twos but that when you consider that you know that's 36.6 percent on shots that are worth only two points it's not that great so i i'm guessing he can probably hit some you know corner threes but i doubt he's ever going to be a high volume high efficiency shooter the question is can he shoot well enough to get closeouts and I'm just not – I'm not completely sold. It's possible, but I, I think that – I mean, he has to. I, I think to be a successful player, he has to shoot well enough to get closeouts, and I'm not 100% sold on that. Coop, do you have any thoughts on the outside shot? And then if you want to just kind of wrap up Bailey as a whole as you do that, go ahead. Yeah, I think he, like, moves well as, like, an off-ball shooter, but I'm not super confident in it long-term. I think like one of the big problems with at least Tracy McGrady, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be like a, a jumper specialist or whatever, but with, you're comparing it to T-Max jumper. And his big issue was that the variance year to year was like insane. Like there would be years. I like, like I think he was like high thirties, like nearly touching 40. And then there's years where he barely gets over like 26% as a three point shooter. And part of that's injury, part of that's a lot of things, but a lot of that comes from the jumper. And like when you have that catapulty motion, you just, there's just not nearly as much consistency. Uh, and especially with like a sub 70, like just sub 70 free throw percent. Uh, like there's flashes of NBA range. I think he can hit spot ups when he's like confident and looking at the rim and like actually like I am going to shoot, but I, I don't think Mick super encouraged that because he's he's a mick coach so i mean it's it's uh 
I want to buy it more than anything. And, and that just raw three point percentage is like tries to sell you, but he barely took any attempts this year. And he took a lot more long twos, took a lot more free throws or barely any more free throws. So but whatever, but he took more free throws than long twos. So it's a lot easier to buy those. And the jumper form is an indicator than just the raw percentage. Uh, and then stone, did you have anything else or, or am I good to hop into just Bailey in general? Um, I was just going to add real quick that he has like Imani level knock knees uh, on his shot and the load time takes so long that I think it's going to limit the volume he can take in the NBA. Like even on spot ups, make, like that in uh, factored in with the confidence issue, um, the load time and the confidence. If he's not like wide open, I don't think he's going to be super effective as a shooter. Um, he, he just has it takes too long for him to load up uh, and he's not confident enough to take especially contested shots. So I think it's going to just limit, uh, even if he can't shoot, it's going to limit the volume quite a bit. I think. I really loved Amari as a rebounder. Uh, this dude like really hustled and gave a shit on the boards. Like he boxed out really well. Like he's like six foot four He's not super big, but he's hustling for boards. He's constantly crashing the offensive glass. I don't think like the numbers super board out like 13.1 D rebound percent, 3.60 rebound percent. But on film, every single one of those boards feels like an impact board, right? Like he is fighting. He is like, oh my God, I'm I'm high pointing this shit every single time. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, that's just one of my favorite little things, you know, feel indicator, whatever you want to call it. Just had a, a general nose for the ball and nose for off-ball movement, uh, and and really gave a shit. I I was it was a lot of fun watching him play as well because he just hustled and tried. Yeah, I think like my overall value with Bailey is that I think he's a guy who's good at a lot of things but great at nothing. So a little undersized for a player like that who I'd really love to bet on, but. There's a chance if he shoots, he's like, he can get to like starting level if things really fall his way. So I have him in my second round below Colby Jones, but above a guy like Turquavion Smith. Um, I, he's, a, he's a guy I would definitely consider drafting maybe even as high as like 28 or something like that in this class. Um, I just like, I, I, I think it'll take some work. And again, like, I don't think he's great at anything, but there's enough overall skill and talent there that I'm willing to bet on it with a second round pick for sure. Coop, where, where are you at with, with Bailey? So I have uh, Amari in my priority seconds at 27, uh, sandwiched right between Chris Murray and Keontae George. Um, I think he just like, as much as he doesn't do anything super well, um, I think that there's just enough flashes there and enough of this guy really gives a shit. He really tries. And, you know, I, I think that's worth the bet, especially if like you buy the shot to any degree, you buy him as like a second side guy who you can scheme getting downhill. He's like semi versatile as a defender. I, th I think he can switch probably guard one through three, at least um, like he's, he's solidly strong. Like he didn't get thrown around by bigs. I, I think there's just a lot of potential there as, as someone who's just not going to lose you minutes. 
And uh, I, I think that's worth a swing in the second, even if the upside isn't crazy, because I don't super buy the handle, don't buy the passing very much. But, but I think he can come in and, and do good stuff for your team. Uh, and maybe even, like you said, be a starter if the shot really starts, starts to fall. Yeah, I think I... I have him at 26 right now, just above Keontae George and just below Leonard Miller. Um, I think that he is good as a backup option who will the, – the defense is good enough – is good and the offense isn't bad enough um, to where he's like a, a one-sided player, um, where he's like actively hurting you on one side of the ball. I think um, – because of the slashing ability that he has and the finishing, I think it makes him a, a two-way guy. Um, and generally, if you can play both ends, uh, or at least you're really good at one end and just survivable on the other, um, I'll, I'll have you close to the first. So I think that's the case with Amari Bailey. The one last thing I forgot to mention, too, is his footwork in the paint is just ridiculous as a guard. He's like Colby Jones level. Let's move on to the next guy we're going to talk about. Maybe the biggest disagreement we will have any anytime ever. Um, obviously, anytime I think about our disagreements, I will always return to Jalen Suggs for Stone and I. Uh, just to just a guy we would just did not see eye to eye on. Um, Bobby is more extreme than that. Bobby Clipman is someone who, and and I get it because you look at the statistical profile. If I tell you the Bobby Clipman story you're going to be like, of course he is dramatically like, like polarizing is the term I'm looking for. So Bobby Clintman from Sweden. Uh, we love our Swedes. Um, uh, he is a March 6th, 2003 birthday. So he's 20 years old, just recently turned 20. His rookie season will be his age 20 season. Um, but he is like a good, you know, 11 months older than Amari Bailey. Um, so he absolutely got a promise somewhere. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about where that is. It's Coop's Rockets. Um, and he is, uh, but he's listed at 6'10, 208 pounds. This season, he started only six games for Wake Forest. I believe those were the final six games of the season that he played in. So, started at the end of the year, really came on. On the season, he only averaged 5.3 points per game on 40, 36.8. 74.3 splits, averaged 4.5 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 0.5 steals, 0.6 blocks, uh, about a turnover. Um, for some more advanced stats, 52.8% uh, true shooting, not good. 6.7 uh, assist rate to 16% turnover rate, also not good. 1.3 steal rate to 3.2 block rate, not bad. Um, especially when you consider, like, obviously, it took it takes a while for a guy like that to really get in the flow. Did have 13 dunks. I believe over the last two games, he had seven. I, I tried to keep count. I I, I might have missed one or, or accidentally added one, but I believe he had seven dunks over the last two games. So the two games where he played the most minutes, he dunked a ton. Now, one of those was against Syracuse. So, uh, you know, obviously some grain of salt there. Um, on far twos, he took only 17 and shot 11%. Um, on close twos, he shot a pretty dismal 54.4% playing in good spacing. So that's pretty rough. Um, but again, did have a three point rate of 6.4, which is not bad. Thought shot 36.8%, fairly low volume still, because even though the three point rate is fine, 
Um, it's still like, you know, he played pretty few minutes. Where I want to start is the defensive movement. And I'm going to give the positive case first because this is going to be, this is going to be like, I, I don't know. We'll see. We, we were having a discussion before we started recording and it, it was a little bit knocked down, drag out. So we'll see how this goes. I think Clintman as a 6'10 dude is legitimately very fluid and his upside defensively is, is, is high. The types of stuff he can do at times are great. Now, were there a lot of mental lapses? Yes, and I'll give you that. But focusing purely on the movement skills right now, I don't know that anyone had more consistent – anyone in his size had more consistently solid closeouts, had better feel and, and the ability to gap in lanes, help, help on drivers, get back out to his guy without allowing super simple penetration – um, his ground coverage is great, especially like in tighter spaces. Like I think he slinks through like tight windows better than you would expect. Now, does he like get over screens? Not really, but he gets under screens really well. And when you're six ten, like being able to quickly get under screen and, and recover to a to a shooter is somewhat valuable. He is. I, I don't think he gets cooked very often, even when guarding quicker guards. Um, like he had like, quite a few possessions on guys like Isaiah Wong, guys like Nigel Pack. He was rarely getting cooked every once in a while. Sure. Um, he can be a little aggressive with his footwork, but I think that's something that can be toned down. I think overall he projects to me as a very high level on ball defender with like some of that off ball stuff, like closeouts and, and, and stunts and digs mixed in because of his movement skills. Like I, I, I think he is a very legit mover and and potential on-ball defender coop how'd you feel about his his kind of on-ball movement skill defense i mean he was solidly switchy as like he could, he could guard a bunch of different guys at different at different sizes without getting like completely cooked uh the problem is that he when he does get onto smaller guys even when he can like flip his hips and stay with guys he fouls or gets away with a lot of stuff that's going to be called fouls at the next level uh like he puts he brings both of his hands down and puts them into guys chests a lot i i just don't think like his balance is super crazy but i i did i wasn't like super checking um i i don't know i i feel kind of weird because i i like what he can do a lot like the flashes are incredible and he consistently does some like the closeouts are nice sometimes he could stick with smaller guys than him sometimes, but is this going to be a guy who at six ten you're relying on to consistently close out against NBA level players and contain NBA level wings and drivers? I don't know because he does a lot of things consistently wrong. Like he sticks his feet out way too far and then guys attack his top foot. And then even if when he flips his hips well and tries to stick with them, they're already gone. Right. And there's a lot of moments where he's just played so deep and it's just stuck ball watching so much that it's like, well, yeah, you're right by the rim and the guy drove. And is this like an NBA level rotation? I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, like there for every bit of good. I think there's like an equal amount of questions slash bad with the defense. And I, and I think that's kind of the core of our issues here with Bobby. But it, I, before before I throw it to Stone, I, I do think it's funny that a guy who's like got solid defensive fundamentals is a Bryce guy and not a Stone guy. 
So I, I like, I, I feel like it would be flipped, but it's, you know, stone stone. What do you think of the defense? Uh, tell us, tell us about how garbage Obi Clinton is. Uh, I, okay. Even if I, uh, I, I, even if I were to agree with, you know, some of the points Bryce made, which I do for some of them, I don't think it's enough to outweigh everything else Bobby doesn't do. Um, I guess if that makes sense when I look at him as a prospect in totality, um, as far as the, uh, defensive movement, like, yeah, I guess he's a fine mover. Um, nothing elite to me. Like it's not groundbreaking in any way, really. I think that he has issues changing direction. The hips aren't bad, but I think shifting his body weight from one side to the other really lacks for him. Um, I think that he, uh, is a really poor decelerator. Um, and while the closeouts are good, I think they could be better if he learned to decelerate a bit better. Um, I think that he, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to add outside of those things as far as on-ball defense. Um, it's more off-ball, I guess, is where my lack of knowing where you come from is, uh, because I, I thought I was not impressed with him as an off-ball defender, but I'll give it to you to give the convincing part of it. So I'll say that I, I, I think... I think a lot of the defensive stuff I'm, 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 I'm going to somewhat agree with you on like, like the instincts not being great, but I will give some positives. I thought watching that Syracuse game, how he executed scheme really, really popped to me. He was always there for the jump doubles on Jesse Edwards. He was always closing out to the right guy. Cause when, when you're doubling, right. And, and, and you're coming over from usually the low block if Edwards is going to throw that skip pass to the corner, the guy that Bobby's leaving, I believe it's Bobby, not Bobby. So I'm going to say it, Bobby, but we've probably said it both ways multiple times. Fuck it. Like he'll, he'll be all right. He's Bob. not going to hear us. Bob. <laughs> uh, Bobby K. Um, like, like, so when you're, if Edwards throws to the corner, like you're not going to close back out to that guy to understand where the X out is. He executes that stuff really, really well. He's not super instinctive, I would say, but there are moments where he is instinctive. I, 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 uh, my favorite, the first clip, literally the first clip I saw of, of Bobby was one of the more impressive defensive clips I've seen on the year. And I know it didn't move stone. It moved me a lot because after watching guys like Jalen Wilson and even Amari Bailey, to some degree, a lot of guys are really awful at gap defense. Just, it's like. I don't know what it is. It's just not a skill a lot of guys have. Bobby, I thought, was great at it. He was always active. He understands that he's a giant guy making rotations. I, I I think he understands that. I think he executes the scheme really well. He is he like a great low man? No, he he messes up a lot. But I I I just I I like a lot of what he does off the ball. Coop, where are you at? Are you are you with me or are you closer to Stone? I think this is where I get a lot closer to stone. He ball watches a lot, right? Uh, I think that's kind of one of my bigger issues with him as a defender uh, is like, he's not like the worst ball watcher that we'll talk about here today. I, I don't even think he's the second worst, but he does get caught uh, ball watching a solid amount. Uh, I think my biggest problem is that he's just really like 
jumpy and his technique on a lot of his stuff uh like his technique on a lot of his like digs and rotations and stuff is, is kind of sloppy and he just gets cooked like a lot doing stupid shit right like like i talked about with the on ball like it's putting one foot way too far forward and sometimes that like scares the guy but more often than not the guy just ends up getting a clean blow by and he's not properly able to recover and you know stick on that guy i think he's really good in those situations at at least like peel rotating and you know letting the other interior guy come out and he knows who to get to but a, a lot his hands also just aren't great right so he's not a great defensive playmaker he's not getting into passing lanes he's not getting into guys bodies like that 1.3 steal rate is really worrying i think the 3.2 block rate is fine but it just kind of highlights that he doesn't have any vertical pop um and and he's not like super bursty and like super cerebral at all, especially for someone who is as big as he is, right? Like Bryce, like you said, he is a massive human being, but he just he plays solid fundamental most of the time, and then he gets caught ball watching, and his guy is like gone for an easy layup. And I don't think that you can be an awful defensive playmaker and also not super fundamentally solid. Right. Like you have to be one or the other at least. And I don't think Clintman is either. Yeah. I think a lot of my issues come more from like a technical standpoint of I think anytime he's like a help defender, he, he's on the perimeter decent at digs. I'll give him that. I think that uh, as far as a guy uh, digging at the elbow or at the nail, like I think he does his job there fairly decent. Um, and with Cooper, I think he ball watches a lot. I think he really struggles to read the floor in totality on both ends, but on on off ball defense too, um, where I, I think he struggles to see where how the offense is changing and shifting in front of him. Uh, and I think like it, so Coop mentioned before we started recording, like what does he look like as like a four defensively? I struggle to see it because I don't think he's a great help side rim protector. I think that he, his load time isn't bad as a leaper, but I feel like he leaves the ground late in a lot of time in a lot of shot contests. Like the time it takes for him to get off the ground isn't bad, but his timing of when to leave the ground is bad. Um, I think that he has a lot of issues, just like I said, understanding how to adjust like in broken plays or anything uh and how to read the court that way uh Bryce brought up Syracuse and I think that you know Bobby did okay there but you're going up against Jesse Edwards he's like one of the worst movers in college basketball um and double teaming a guy who's slow like that and when you know that that's your job like for the entire night I think sheds some light onto you know okay he executed a scheme but how hard really is that scheme to execute when it's against Syracuse and Jesse Edwards um yeah I mean I I just really don't buy him as like an effective off-ball defender I mean there's just not a lot of event creation like I said that there's things he struggles with to read I think he struggles um to 
really be like an effective help side guy. So if you're looking at him and we'll talk about the offense, but like as a prospect and as a whole, to me, the offense doesn't stand out enough for the defense to not be at like a really high level. And I don't buy Bobby's defense being that, especially off ball. So I think I'm definitely higher on just like the importance of ground coverage and the ability to be active at his size. Like I think, especially in the NBA, as the floor gets wider, like that stuff really matters to me. I think uh, I'm, I'm with you that the low man rotations are not great, but I do love that he can, he's not blocking shots, rotating all the way over to block shots. But if someone, if he's on the strong side and someone's driving, he is going to make that drive hard. Like, I think he does well at that. And I'm with you. Like he struggles to read some scramble situations, but he also has some pretty impressive moments, I think in scramble situations. So it's inconsistent, but I'll, I trust that there's some flash there. And the age does worry me a little bit in terms of like how much can really improve because he's not super young. He's not old. He's, about a year younger than Brandon Miller. Um, but he's he's not young either. And that does worry me. If he was younger, I'd be maybe even a little more into it. But I think I, I think a lot of his issues can improve. I, he's never going to be a great like help side rim protector guy. He's more of a three. But as a three who can make plays on digs, who can close out to just about everyone who is going to do the right thing in rotation generally. And then in scramble situations might take some time, but again, like the ground coverage helps make up for a lot of his deficiencies. I think when it comes to reading, like he can, he can make a mistake and then recover from that mistake still. Um, Now his hips aren't the fastest. Like he's not a great recovery defender. Like it's in the purest, like flip his hips and chase someone down sense. He's not great at that, but He doesn't get beat a ton and you know, the ball watching is a worry, but I also think some of that is just, he, I believe he's newer to basketball and obviously he didn't play many minutes at Wake Forest. I just think there's more defensive upside there than, than, um, than you're necessarily giving him credit for. Coop, do you want to break the tie here and give your last thoughts on his off ball D? Um, that shit's stanky. Uh, that'll be my that'll be my official tiebreaker i i agree with you bryce where i think the ground coverage is really nice i just i i like like he is 610 and i don't know what he projects to do defensively at the next level to like get minutes and he doesn't do very much offensively like spoiler alert to also like get minutes like okay he's a 610 three who's not going to be able to guard threes, <laughs> right? Like, like wings at the next level and he'll have cool rotations. And then he's also just going to get cooked like a ton. He's not an, he's not a defensive playmaker. He's not super solid. He's just kind of big and I, I and can move. And I guess that has value, but this feels like uh, when we did the, it, it's a, a redone, a reduxed version of the Colin Castleton, podcast where it's like yes he can move really well but if he can't do anything else uh what what are we talking about as an nba player and i and i just don't i just don't see it with clinton defensively i'm not as low as stone though i do not think that he is an absolute nothing burger i just i'm i'm not like i don't know people I, I, i'm 
having him ranked at 15 after him not playing a game for a month is a little bit crazy, even for even for me. But he's something, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't want I don't want to get too into like comparing him to where consensus is. Like, I I I don't trust you know bad faith you know like like intel guys whatever i don't really care let's talk quickly about his offense um because I, you know like you guys mentioned what is he it's not i mean it's not great i like i think he can shoot i think the form looks fine his issue is that uh he has no idea what to do with his feet he has no idea how to get his feet set he travels all the time he never gets called for them but he travels all the time every closeout attack is a travel Every like like most of his like catch and shoot shots are travels. Like he he's okay sometimes, but he travels a lot. Um, he likes to hop into it, but actually I think it looks better when he just left rights. Um, because when he hops, like he will sometimes lose control of his feet and they'll get too close together or too spread out, and he'll just kind of be slightly off balance. He'll do this thing where if he's moving to his right, he'll jump like a foot to his left and like land way out of the way and his misses aren't bad when he's doing all those things which is actually kind of a positive sign to me that there's a lot of little tweaks you can make and even still like i think he's a fine shooter i think that free throw number and the, and the outside shooting number are solid he never had like a like a reputation in in high school as like a great shooter but you can go back and watch some high school shooting clips he's not awful I think the the arm path is good. Like the upper body of his shot is pretty good. There's a little dip, but he doesn't need to be like some movement shooter, right? He just needs to hit some open ones above the break and in the corner. And I think he can do that. Um, can he eventually develop into a pick and pop guy? Not confident there. It'd be huge for his game if he could. If he could be a pick and pop threat, I think that would be a major ceiling raiser for him. Um, but I'm I'm not convinced that's that's a thing. Coop, do you have any thoughts on the jumper? And if not, do you want to take us to what he does with the ball in his hands? Yeah, I don't have anything else to add about the jumper. I just don't super buy it. Uh, with the ball in his hands, he does uh, not very much. I think he the handle has flashes, but there's a lot of like he's just dribbling up the floor and he's not looking at the ball. And then he kind of bobbles the ball and almost like dribbles it out of bounds. Um, I think that 17.9 turnover is really worrying because he almost never does anything high risk with the ball in his hands, right? Like he will straight line drive. He will attack closeouts. Uh, he only really dri dribbles with his right hand and like, Oh, it, it looks all right in the full court, but I mean, even, you know, Jabari Smith's handle looked all right in the full court and stuff like that. I don't think it's that bad, but he, I, I think offensively, his main value comes as an offensive rebounder and he's not like godly in that degree. I think he crashes really hard and like gets up and, and hunts boards. Um, but if his, his touch is really bad and he doesn't see the floor super well. So how valuable is that offensive rebounding? Uh, and I think a lot of those are also just his own misses where he doesn't fall over that 54.4% at the rim is really, really worrying for a guy who is as massive as he is. He was like primarily a perimeter guy, but he's got a half a handle. He's solidly athletic. He's got good ground coverage, but he just basically never like really got to the rim on his own without like a complete defensive mess up. Um, and I mean, I, I think he's a, a solid cutter and stuff, but again, the finishing isn't great. 
So how valuable is all of that kind of stuff, especially as a 6'10 guy with long arms, who's just a massive human being. If you're unable to finish, then I, I worry about being able to stay on the floor at the next level. Yeah, I think this is where I really think Clintman is just a nothing burger is on offense. Um, it's somewhat reminiscent to me of the Usman and Jiang podcast we had um, where I'm just like, what, what skill does he bring to an NBA team on offense? Like he can hit an occasional spot up shot, I guess. And then it's like Cooper said he dribbles only with his right hand. He's not super coordinated. A lot of those travels are because he, uh, is just not very coordinated, um, taking steps and dribbling at the same time. Um, he has problems reading anything in the floor. It's he's very much a a Jet Howard passer. It's just passed to the next guy on the perimeter, and there's not really any passing outside of that, except for if he's like at the elbow or the high post, and he has some occasionally really nice. Uh, bounce passes to cutters that are going down the baseline and that's basically the only standstill pass that it was impressive to me um he can't pass with the ball with a live dribble um he can't keep his dribble alive when there's any sort of pressure i think that he is very like as soon as he starts seeing a guy come towards him he's passing that ball right away he does he wants nothing to do with trying to dribble around or through guys um, very contact adverse uh, at the rim and as a, as a ball handler. Um, I think that's where Coop was saying that 54%. I think some of that is attributed to making, trying to make shots that are more difficult because he's trying his best to avoid contact. And when there is contact, he's not very good at absorbing it. Um, I just don't really see anything that I buy at an NBA level with him on offense. I think being a spot-up shooter is his best bet and even then I think it's about average it's like not elite or anything and anything else I think is below average to bad um and I think there's a reason he was at Wake Forest in the role that he was in as stand in the corner and wait for something to come to you as a spot-up guy or hope that you can get a cutter or a cut towards the rim when your guy is like not watching and and ball watching like that's basically what he did for Wake Forest and when he did when he tried to do anything else I thought it was pretty bad so that's where I am with him offensively I don't have a ton like more positive to say offensively other than I do think he can hit those corner shots at a, at a good rate I think he's a solid closeout attacker because he's so big he only needs to take one dribble to get to the rim I honestly think it's it's a mentality thing. I, I You mentioned the contact aversion. You mentioned the unwillingness to kind of dribble and, and, and pick up in tighter spaces and, and, and make like high level, you know, you know, even like try to force a pass. He just won't do it. Like, I think it's just that he is, he doesn't have that dog, you know, he's not like that, uh, not, not to be uh, hyperbolic. Um, but I, like, I think there is a little bit of mentality thing. Can you change that? It's, it's hard to say he's going to have to get a little more comfortable taking contact because yeah, that finishing number is atrocious. Um, he's only, he's very right-handed. He's only a two foot finisher. He's a like good dunker at the very least. He's not athletic enough to like catch lobs. I don't think he, 
he's not a load leaper, but Stone, you kind of mentioned like he is kind of slow to get off the ground and he's late a lot. Like the lobs I saw him miss were like not horribly thrown, even though Tyree Appleby was is not a good passer through horrible lobs consistently. But like some of the lobs Bobby would miss were not like horribly thrown. It's just that he jumped too late. Like he he just caught him late. It was so weird. Um, but I think that overall his his cutting is okay. I think he he has a good feel for that. But he doesn't have like a great motor on the offensive glass, I wouldn't say. Um, he doesn't have a great nose for the ball. I just think he's someone who can hit corner threes, who can cut, who can attack a closeout. Hopefully he can get better as a you know contact finisher. But at the very least, like he can attack close out into well spaced floor. I think he can actually make a few more decisions. If you go back and watch some of his high school stuff, uh, as I did for all these guys, he makes like some pretty good reads as a passer in high school. Now, lower level comp, but like I, I think there's still maybe some of that like hidden in his game. I think that he can get to access just a few more passes off the dribble. Uh, he can dribble with both hands. Like something I will say is that he actually can dribble, unlike someone where two guys were about to talk about he like has the ability to put the ball on the ground he just doesn't do it with any intentionality but he can't put the even has a couple moments where like he does like a size up escape right where it's like he takes two dribbles and then he actually he's going to go back and behind and he's going to pass out it's like he clearly has like the ball control to do a little more than he does he just doesn't and for whatever reason that is again i don't know the guy i think there's probably something maybe mentality wise or just like a lack of confidence, maybe. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think he can do just a little bit more as a closeout attacker than he showed at Wake Forest um, based on, on the high school tape and, and some of what I've seen there. So it just takes the overall value. I, I have him as like a like the top of my second round right now, which is currently 24 on my board. Um, just because I think that I, I, I buy the... The movement skills, I, I I think he can be a really, really positive defender who can hit open shots. Uh, he's I think he'll be versatile defensively. He can guard, you know, maybe two through four and some fives. Um, you know, I, I think like a little thing we didn't mention, like he could potentially be great covering like pick and pops because I mentioned that I love his ground coverage and closeouts. Like I think that type of stuff is really valuable. I, I, I just, I think that stuff is more valuable than Stone does, I think. And I think that's our biggest difference because it doesn't seem like anything really about our evaluation is different other than I think he can maybe do like a little bit more with the ball than you, but it's not like I think he's like a point forward. I just think he can actually dribble a little bit. Um, Coop, where are you at with with Bobby? So I have him, um, I have him outside of my like, draftable range in my uh bigs that i like but nah right below colin castleton um and just outside of the the just above the maybe a guy tier i don't think he's like uh, like he can do some stuff like the ground coverage is really cool and he's big and he can kind of shoot and maybe there's something in there i just don't value that enough to like spend any kind of capital on it right i just do not see it to that degree and there's a lot of guys who can actually do stuff that i would just rather spend capital on he's interesting i guess <laughs> but it's really just he's he's one of those guys he's just 6'10 and can kind of shoot and i think there's just kind of this fetishization 
of call the tall guys who can shoot the ball a little bit by NBA team specifically. And it, it, it kind of pisses me off. Uh, yeah. To me, he's, I have him, let's see. I have exactly 60 guys on my board right now. I have Bobby at 56, uh, in my would not give a two way tier. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's worth an NBA contract. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it went a lot smoother than I thought because our evaluations surprisingly are like not that. Okay, this is where I'm gonna get. This is where I'm gonna get meaner, I guess, because there's no way a guy who can hit open shots and move like this at six ten isn't at least worth a two way. I mean, I don't see it. We loved I, so we had John Butler as like a lottery guy last year, and I stand move by that way better, and I think can defend at the rim and can shoot. Yeah, I'm like John Butler's better and and i i don't like to be the guy who points out like past evaluation as a reason for current guys but like i i just like like he if he hits he's like a starting caliber player like i i'm not gonna pass that up as like like that guy's at least worth it two at the very least worth is is he a starting caliber player if all he does is stand in the corner and shoot the ball how many players in the nba just stand in the corner and hit the ball a, a, PJ a Tucker who shouldn't be in the league and that he's all those guys are elite defenders I mean and he's 6'10 and, and I think he has a potential to be elite defender like like I, I'm fine saying like he's not draftable I, I think you're a little crazy for that but like to say he's not even worth a two-way to me feels like and like I I, I get to because like he's sort of this bad prospect I think I think we as a group tend to because of like all the work we put into this like sometimes like when bad prospects come along it drives us nuts right like we're like come on but I, I just think like the movement skills are so legit and the shot is fine enough that I just, I don't see a world where he's not at least worth a two way. Some of the fucking guys on two ways are awful. And like, I, right, I just, but that doesn't mean I condone those guys being on two ways either. Like, no, I know. But like, like he's just like at the, if, even if he's not a starter, if he hits, he's someone who can guard three positions and hit open corner threes. Like the amount of players who can only do one of those things and are rotation players in the playoffs like i just i i, I don't know i i, I just think you're, you're I, crazy I, for that you're, i you're just crazy. don't think there's any guys who can only either hit corner threes He's, or and i don't think okay i don't think he can guard three positions <laughs> i think he guards like one maybe and if he really hits he can guard two he's not guarding centers i just don't like at least like he's gonna get flung around i don't think he's like built to play and drop he can't play in pick and roll because he's like his I, I don't know. He just can't do it. He was horrendous in the pick and roll. And those kind of guys aren't playoff players. They get played off the floor like immediately because, oh yeah, we're completely fine with Bobby Clinton getting closeouts and, and it, okay. And then we'll just destroy him on the other end by dragging him up into the pick and roll. It's like, if you're a non-factor to me on one end of the floor, which I very much think he is on offense. Like I don't think, he does anything on offense at an NBA level apart from hit like maybe 34% on spot up shots. If he can do that, okay, but that that's still you're you're still an active negative on offense. If you're if you're an active negative on one end of the ball, like to me, like Kevin McCuller is a negative offensive player, but he's so good defensively that he's worth well, for me, he he he's worth like you know a first round grade. But even if you don't think that, he's worth an NBA contract because he's elite at one end of the court. Clintman to me is like average on defense and still lacks anything on offense. So if you're 
average on one end of the court and an active negative on the other, it doesn't outweigh how much of a negative you are on one end of the court to me. So I don't think like I have him above Jalen Clark because I also think he's at best an average defender who's nothing on offense. Um, and I have Bobby there because he's taller. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. But I don't think that that player that is, you know, at best average on one end and an active negative on the other is worth putting any sort of NBA resource into. I guess, I guess that's where our, where our biggest detract. Cause like, I think Clinton's upside defensively is like, like valuable, valuable playoff player. That's where I'm at. Like I, I, that type, those type of movement skills, I just think are rare. And I've, I've, you know, multiple times in the past, I've bet on movement skills and sometimes it bites me in the ass. I've, we, we made a joke uh, about me having Kai Jones at five. We've made that joke plenty of times. Um, I it's just think, the... go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say the last thing is like, he's the only guy I've watched in this entire class where I was watching Wake Forest and this might've been partially because I was tired, but like for five minutes, he wasn't on the court and I didn't even notice. Like I, I couldn't even tell that he wasn't on the court because he's like so little impact to me. And again, I was probably super tired and I probably should um reevaluate when I watch games to on a full, you know, night of sleep. But um yeah, I, I to me there's there's nothing there that screams worth putting NBA resource into. But I'm I hope he I hope someone does and I hope that he you know he proves me wrong as i always say on guys that i'm low on but i just don't see it at this point yeah i will have to respectfully disagree uh but we all know he's going to be a rocket um in about 30 days can Uh, you stop doing this to me i'm going through so much mental anguish with this fucking fourth overall pick and you're just putting me through the ringer (laughs) i don't want to hear it our best player is about to retire he is not going to retire he's just a drama queen so He's a drama even... queen who wants to dominate the cycle. <laughs> all right, all okay. right, all right. Uh, let's move on to uh, these last two guys should go really quick because I just don't think we have very much positive to say about them. Let's talk briefly about Alabama's Noah Clowney. Now, Noah Clowney is very young. He's a July 14th birthday, so he will be 18 when he's drafted. He will, His rookie year will be his age 19 season. Um at the draft combine, he measured uh, – he did not measure. Another guy who did not measure. He's listed at 6'10", 210. I'm guessing – I would guess he's a little lower than 6'10", but I'm, his arm seems solidly long, but that might just be because he's skinny. At Alabama this year, he averaged 9.8 points per game. Started in all 36 games. Uh, he averaged 9.8 points per game on 48.6, 28.3, 64.9 shooting splits. Grab 7.9 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 0.5 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.3 turnovers. Fouled a lot, very high foul rate. 57.6% true shooting, which is pretty solid, but also not great when you consider the percentage of his shots that were assisted and the spacing he was playing in as a big. It's not exactly what you want to see. 22.6% defensive rebound rate, 9% offensive rebound rate. That's probably the thing that stands out most is that offensive rebound rate. 13% turnover rate, 6% assist rate, 3.4% block rates. Not great. He was playing like as the four. We'll talk, we'll talk about the weirdness of his defense, but that, that number's a bit weird. Um, did shoot 
71.3% on close twos, had 27 dunks. That dunk number is a little low. Again, like he played in good spacing. Now, Pediaka was there a lot, but like, I don't know, for a five prospect, 27 dunks in, in the high octane pace and space offense feels a little low, but that 71.3% number is very good. 48% on long twos. I'm guessing those only 25 attempts there, probably all post-up shots. He didn't post up very much, but 25 on the year sounds about right. Um, again, uh, 64.9% free throw percentage, 7.2% uh, three-point rate though. So took a lot of threes for someone at his position. Um, I think the place to start is with the defense. Uh, so I'm just going to get those to you. Is Noah Clowney switchable? No. Um, his defense is so weird. Uh, he, so I put on a clip on Twitter. I I do think he has like very quick hips, especially at his size. I just don't think it matters because his footwork is so awful. Um, worse than Clintman's even. Like he is. Um, I've talked about it a lot in the past actually because there's guys like Jeremiah Robinson or like Wendell Carter who I like a lot, who probably aren't as mobile as as Clowney is, but because they have um, such good like pre-positioned footwork to make up for, like if a guy's going to take an advantage on, on them or, or try and get an advantage with their burst or speed or stride length, whatever the case may be, um, they at least are able to somewhat stick with them on drives because they can – be in a position they put themselves in the position beforehand to be like okay I can drop this foot and still be somewhat close to them and and be like okay I'm obviously they're going to get burnt because they're big guys against guards at times but like for the most part being able to do that makes a huge difference in comparison to when you watch someone like a clowny who can hip flip his hips quickly I think actually moves well laterally but both those things don't really matter because he gets burnt by not having good foot positioning at all. Like I think his footwork is so bad that by the time he recovers to where his feet should have been initially, that he's already two, three, four steps behind a guy. Like it's really awful. So I think it takes away from the switch ability factor that people might see in him because of just the raw movement skills that he has for someone that is his size he looks like like stone was saying i think he looks like a good switchy defender because he just moves so well but he's just really jumpy um i mean you put him on a perimeter guy and that guy even like kind of moves his body like at all he's like going flying (laughs) so like he gets beat really bad um i think he's like okay at staying with drivers when they don't like completely blow by him but he doesn't like he doesn't his hands aren't great right so he's not like going to be able to block them or super contest them or they end up still being able to like get around him because his feet aren't because his footwork isn't very good and they're still able to like maneuver around him while his hands are just straight up in the air and they're able to get into like a position where nba guards are going to be able to score but they're just like so small or they just pre-plan the drive so much or they just don't want to get blocked, you know, that they're just kind of trapped there. I don't think against NBA level guards and wings that Clowney's defense is going to be like at all tenable on the perimeter. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I think footwork is something that that can be taught to some degree, and like, again, he's stupid young, and his hips are quick. But not only is like our our um his his is his footwork bad, his stride lengths are super tight. Um, he's just he plays smaller than he is. Like he might be listed at six ten, he might even actually be six ten. He might have a seven four wingspan. It doesn't matter because he plays like he's six seven on the perimeter. Um, he just lets guys be. I mean, I watched the I watched the South Dakota State game, and South Dakota State dudes were cooking him off the bounce. I'm so you can't be getting cooked by Summit League comp and have me believe that you're gonna be like some switch big. There's just no way. The hips are quick. But like Stone mentioned, like even though like the hips are quick enough for him to like flip around, like he's beat so bad that like it's too late anyways. And he's not fast or explosive either. Like it's not that he can flip his hips and then recover ground really quick because he's so quick and he can jump off the ground and swash it out. Like he has some chase down blocks and like the blocker, as we mentioned, is not horrible, but he's not by any means a a guy who I think can switch. I think he is uh pd used the term i think false mobility i think that's exactly what clowny has he has false mobility so i think oh, the oh. other thing too is once he gets beat he can't recover because like you said his he's got such choppy steps that um that is something i think that is improvable i actually buy that as more improvable like the choppiness of steps than i do the footwork. I think the footwork is extremely difficult for him to learn. Despite his age, I think for bigs, it's some it's something that's basically like you inherently have it or you don't. Because every time you're in that situation, each dribble circ- sequence and and um foot sequence of the the opposition that he's guarding on the perimeter is going to be different. So just repping that out of him to me is like not really a thing because it's going to be different each and every time. And I think that um, you just, it, it's something you either inherently have that foot placement, that, that pre-positioned foot placement as a big, or you don't. And I don't think Clowney does. Um, and right now he's a bad recovery defender. I think he can improve to be an okay one. It just by gaining um, length of stride because he does have long legs, but right now it's not really a thing. So it's kind of frustrating. He's also really stiff and upright too, like in his back. So like he can't really like like get low, like get his chest low to sprint and cover ground either. So it's it's kind of a whole mess. So maybe there's something there with with the rim protection, right, Coop? Don't make me do this, man. You this is you, you're set you're setting me up to sound evil. Uh, he has like a really low block rate for someone who spends all of his time sitting right by the rim. Right, like he basically, a, Alabama always has one of their bigs, whether it's Bediaco, whether it's uh, whether it's Clowney, whether it's even like Miller as the four or the three. Even they're gonna have people in rebounding position at all times, and uh, Clowney would just be he'd spend a ton of time just chilling in the paint, and he would not be able to block shots. He was not a great at the rim rotator. He was not like actually able to do much to contest guys around the rim. Uh, he's just like he's so like he looks so big and the moments when like the rim protection flashes and he like flies in from the weak side and and swats the shit out of the ball it's like oh my god this guy can really block shots 
and then you forget about him for the next 20 minutes because he doesn't do anything as a rim protector defensively. Uh, and that's kind of the issue with Clowney is he's really cool when you're watching somebody else and just the cool moments pop. But when you're watching him, he just spends so much time doing absolutely nothing, even in the paint where it's like your whole job is to block shots, contest guys and grab rebounds. That is it. You do not do anything else really, except for whenever Brady Aqua's on the floor. And I, I just don't know where he's a positive on the defensive end in general. Yeah. I think, um, the the other thing with him is that he tries to bait guys as a rim protector, like especially as a help side guy where he's like sort of running along and like two or three feet away from him, but he's too far away from them to once he does try and jump, like the ball's already off the glass and like in the rim because he's too, he, he tries to bait, but he baits himself so far away that he can't really block the shot. Um, That was another thing I noticed with him as like a help side rim protector uh, I think that he bites way too hard on jabs in the low post. Like it's wild. He Cooper talked about how he gets blown by on the perimeter, but like he's reaching for everything when a guy has like the ball in the low post and brings it up to his chest to make like a power dribble. Clowney's probably reaching for it, like as he's pulling it up to his chest, and then the guy just does a drop step and dunks it on him because he's reached for it. He he just reaches way too much. Um, again, part of that is he's extremely young, so hopefully that stuff works out a little bit better as the um, age comes around. But he's also just so skinny. Um, he gets bullied in the post because of how skinny he is. He is like um, – that's not something I usually care about because it's I, – I usually just am willing to bet on guys to gain strength and weight once they get to the NBA, and I think Clowney will too to an extent. Um, but it's it's so bad right now that it's worth bringing up just because he's not a good rim protector. So the fact that he's getting uh, – he, he's not like Chet or Wimbanyama that like even if they get bullied in the paint, that doesn't matter because they're so long they can reach and block the shot. Clowney is not a good rim protector. So when he gets bullied in the paint, he's not recovering to block that shot. He's just getting dunked on or or finished on. So I think that's a really big thing. Um, and just to wrap up the defense as a whole, like the one thing I felt he did good on defense was he has a nose for the ball as a rebounder. That's about the only thing I have as a positive for him in that end. But he doesn't box out. He he has a great nose for the ball, but he, he he's never yeah, going to box he, out his guy. Because he loses position because he's so thin for every time. Even if he tries to box out, he's going to be like yeah, two or three feet away from where him. he started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have anything to add on this defense. I'm with you guys that I think he's pretty bad. Um, and the offense I would say is also pretty bad. Um, he gets sold as a stretch big. Um, again, he shot 28.3% on three attempts a game. He took how many total threes did he take? He took 120 total threes. Now that's not like a great sample. Don't get me wrong, but his misses are all over the place. He has like a hitch. Uh, it was driving me nuts. Cause I couldn't quite tell if it was, if it was actually there but there's just like a slight hitch at the top of his release. It's super small. It should be easy to get out, but like definitely kills his form. He just shoots it like, like, you know, that like the, the Tim Duncan free throw routine. I only know it from 2k, but like how just straight up he is. And then he just like pushes the ball out. That's how like Noah Clowney shoots. It's just like, he's perfectly straight up. And like, it, I don't know. It, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look good either. It just, 
there's a lot of little mechanical things that are probably an issue there. And then I just don't think the touch is good. Like, he just doesn't have great touch. He was a good finisher. Again, he played in very good spacing. Um, you know, 71.3% on 108 uh, close twos is a very good number. Um, the majority of those were assisted. Uh, he will sometimes put the ball on the ground, but he doesn't have any moves. And whenever he tries to hit a move, he loses the ball. I just think he's basically a nothing on offense and he's too much of a load leaper to be like a good lob threat. Um, he just kind of, he, he is to me what like, like I, I think of Noah Clowney, how, uh, um, how stone thinks of Bobby. That's kind of where I'm at. Coop, do you have anything on, on Clowney's offense? Uh, I mean, there's some cool moments kind of where he's like a DHO guy and, and like he takes the ball off the dribble but then he takes two steps and then any advantage he had by like, oh, I surprised you uh, is like completely gone because this guy catches up to him because he's like not a ball handler at all. Um, I think he crashes the offensive rebounds well. Like so, like I think he just has a nose for rebounds. Um, and that was really what made him super valuable for this Alabama team. But uh, I just don't know what else he does. He's not stretchy. He's not like a like his touch is fine. But he has no craft around the rim. He's not going to finish like tough contested shots. He's not going to be able like put the ball on the floor at the NBA level. I don't think. Um, just kind of a nothing burger, uh, to a, a pretty extreme degree. Yeah, I have. He he can. He has really long strides as a straight line driver, and I think that's the one thing that creates separation for him. Uh, it's weird because. He doesn't have long strides in any other aspect of his game. That's like the only time he actually uses his long legs. Um, he can handle, he can dribble with either hand, but both times it's high regardless. Um, and there's not really any versatility. It's just like, it's enough to sometimes get him down a straight line drive. Um, he, again, I don't really talk about frame that much, but when the guys are super skinny, but in Clowney's case, it almost just like affects stylistically how he plays because he can't set an effective screen. He's not strong enough. He's got a real narrow base. Um, so a lot of times he's not setting a screen. He's slipping the screen, which he's become good at because he does it so much. But he slips the screen uh, like every time because he can't set. He doesn't have the body in the the width of a base to really set an effective screen. So he's always slipping, um, which is fine, I guess, because that's what you're good at. He's just playing to his strength, I guess, because he has no strength. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, I don't really buy the shot. Maybe he can be like a 30% spot up guy. Um, and then outside of that, he's not really scoring outside of being maybe like a garbage cleanup guy. Uh, because he's got a nose for offensive rebounds and he's super long and, and usually reaches the ball at the peak of their being a rebounder. Um, but the touch is like very mid to me. It's not good. That's not awful. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all I have for his offense. Yeah. The, I mean, the offensive rebound, I think the screening, you mentioned that he slips a lot, but I actually do think when he does set a screen, he's fine at it. I actually think, I mean, he could probably be an okay role man, right? Like that two, that two point finishing number is good. It is fairly low volume. Like I will say, like he did not take a ton. He scored less than 10 points a game, but I think he can be an okay screen and roll guy. Uh, he, even though he's not going to be a lob catcher, he's more of like a 
below the rim finisher screen and roll guy, which I actually struggle to think of any who aren't just like big bruisers. Like Jonas Valanciunas is a great screen and roll guy. Well, Jonas Valanciunas is 120 pounds heavier than, than Noah Clowney. But I, I, I think he can do that. But again, like I don't think he's like a great transition guy. I think all the handle and, and shot stuff is mostly fake. And I don't think the defense is good. So that takes me to where we have him. I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't give him a two-way. I have him in my best of the rest bigs, which is my lowest like like tiered group of um uh, where I where I sort players by position. Um I think maybe I'd I'd, I'd probably give him a, a summer league spot just because he's so young, keep him in the G League, see if like there is some outlier development, but I, I don't think there's a ton to love there. Coop, where, where are you at with Clowney? Uh, I have Clowney. have him uh, sandwiched uh, between Jalen Wilson and Jaime Jaquez. Uh, actually, no. I have him <laughs> just above Tosan, I think. Maybe in the, in the same tier as Tosan and Boma. Uh, at, in my nah tier, I think I kind of... I just don't know what he does and what makes him like, oh, he's a special rebounder who doesn't box out and doesn't make your team rebounding a lot better. And I think that that's something that's really important to me when I'm looking at a big whose specialty is like rebounding. He's not like Nene. You know, Nene was probably the goat box outer and like even though his like, you know, allowed your team to really dominate the boards. I don't think that's clowny. Uh and I just don't like there's a, a lot of there's a couple different pathways you could take. And like if you really want just a super rebounding big who maybe has some funk to him, but none of the funk is functional at all. It is all funk, no chanel right now. So uh it's he's just too raw, despite being as young as he is. And I I don't none of the flashes are super high level. So uh I, I just he he's not my kind of guy. Hoping he succeeds somewhere, but but he's not for me. Yeah, I have him just one spot above uh Clintman. Um he's right underneath Drew Timmy and Tosan for me. Um yeah, I, I don't think I'd give him a two way. He's right on the border of like the very last guy I'd give a two way to, but I don't think I would. Um so yeah, I don't. I the last two guys we've talked about to me are just not really NBA prospects. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to the last guy we're gonna talk about. And that's Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell played at Texas, but I I only watched one Texas game for this because by far the better, more interesting, more important tape was the Montbird stuff. He played at Montbird with Jalen Hutchfino. That team was really weird last year. There were just a ton of bigs. Like Malik Renault was on that team. Kwame Evans, just a ton of like non-spacing bigs. And Mitchell played like the whole game, both games. I, uh, two of the three games I watched, he literally played every single minute. Um, He is 19 years old. He's an October 3rd, 2003 birthday. So he'll turn 20 right before the start of his rookie season. Um, And his rookie season will be his age 20 season. He's listed at 6'8", 205. I believe he did do the combine though. Let me check that. He did, uh, he measured in at 6'6", 0.75, so you can give him 6'8 in shoes, that's fine, with a um, 6'10 wingspan, so that's pretty solid, that's, that'd be like really good three size, he's a four, so he'd probably be like 
like okay size for a four. When you talk about him as a potential five, he's very, very undersized, especially that wingspan. Six ten wingspans, a little disappointing. This year for Texas, again, these stats take them with the grain of salt that you will. He averaged four point three points per game. Uh, started in 26 of 38 games, shot 63.6% from the field, did not shoot a single three, shot 40.5% from the free throw line, um, 3.8 or 3.9 rebounds, 0.4 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks, 0.5 turnovers. Um, did have a solid 60.9 true shooting. Obviously, batters not that much when he only scored four points, but for whatever that's worth, did grab 9.8% of offensive rebounds. Uh, 13.4% turnover rate, uh, 3.6% assist rate, 2% block rate, 2% steal rate. Um, did dunk 32 times, uh, which is pretty impressive, um, considering that how few minutes he was playing. Uh, shot uh, 79.3% on close twos on okay volume, but obviously that's a great number. 21.9% on far twos, and again that 40.5% free throws. Now he only took. He only took uh, 37 free throws, but still there was some hubbub because he went uh, what he he, like shot well from the from the three point line at the combine. I'm sorry, I do not care. He is not a shooter. Never shot in high school. He took zero threes at Texas. I'm pretty sure like like they had multiple like 33 percent or lower shooters take at least to a game. He's not a shooter. He cannot shoot. And just because he can hit someone in an open gym, that does not wipe away years of data on what he actually is. Let's talk briefly about his defense. This should be pretty quick. Coop, how do you feel about Mitchell, just like overall defensively? Uh, he's he's bouncy. Uh, I'll give him that. I, I think he, like, he's kind of switchy as, like, a perimeter defender. I think he did. I'll actually, not to interrupt you, but I'll actually push back. I think he, like, is kind, like, I don't even think he's that bouncy. Like he is a he is a major load leaper. He takes forever to get off the ground. He has to be the first to jump because if he's not, then he's just he takes too long to get off the ground. Um, he just and, and like all almost all of his blocks in high school came from behind. That's just not something you can get away with at, at the next level, especially in the NBA. And I think that showed a little bit in college where he only had that 2% block rate, which is not bad. That's not a bad block rate for a four, but it's not good either. And I think that showed. So sorry, not to, not to interject too much, but I, I d- actually do disagree a little bit that he's actually that bouncy. I, I think he gets up. He's not I, like an elite. I, I have leaper. something to add as well. Oh my God. You guys are <laughs> fucking killing me today. <laughs> um, I think that he, for me, I, I'm on Cooper's side. I actually think he's a pretty decent leaper, and I think that his load time and timing improved a lot from Montverde to Texas. Now, most of what we're going to be talking about today, and the reason I think I like him maybe a little more than you guys is because I'm most of my evaluations coming from Montverde tape. But and that's the one aspect I think he improved from high school to college is the the load time and the timing of when he jumps. Like, I think his timing is really excellent as a leaper, where it was actually pretty bad in high school. Yeah, I just don't I just don't know what he does that's a value add, other than, like, yeah, he's, like, 6'8". Uh, I saw him in person in, in one time, and he was humongous, uh, but apparently I'm just a midget, so I, I think everyone's humongous. But I... 
like the I feel like the two block and two steal are kind of fake, especially for someone who was like kind of a big man playing like a big man role defensively. Um, he can like slide with guys on closeout attacks. And I think like in high school, that was like the only real thing that stood out to me defensively was that he could like read the floor kind of quickly and then get out to a guy and then stick on them and make their shot tough. Uh, But more often than not, he wasn't like stopping the shot from going up and they would still like usually get something right. And and sometimes he get beat and sometimes he gets scored on. Uh, But he's like, nothing like it, it in college especially it was just kind of a nothing burger defensively other than on like the defensive glass i mean i feel like in college he was a nothing burger like in every regard like i think he didn't like do anything noteworthy to value to um garner any sort of interest at an nba level but i went i was like i watched four texas games and i was like there's no way this guy was, you know, touted this highly and is this much of a nothing. So I was like, maybe part of it's his role because he's the only thing he's doing is like being a cleanup guy sometimes and like rebounding. And that's about it. So I went back and watched Montverde tape. I, especially on offense more so like defensively, I felt like uh, apart from the leaping, he was basically the same guy. But on offense, I felt there is a lot more flash, um, flashes that I bought as opposed to what I saw in Texas because I think he wasn't allotted the ability to to really show anything more than being just what he was at Texas. Yeah, I I so staying on defense for now. Um, Montford put him on the perimeter a lot, and I thought it was feast or famine. Uh, I think he's a good one directional mover. Um, so he can do stuff like funnel guys into like a good rim protector. I actually think he'd be pretty effective at that. Um, he's not as strong as I kind of wish he was for like a small ball four. I, I wish he had like, just like the ability to just absorb contact, but Anthony black, like he, in that Duncanville game, didn't just beat him with like moves or quickness black consistently just put his shoulder down and got Mitchell out of the way. Uh, and that worries me a little bit that like, can he even guard stronger wings? I'm I'm not confident there. He can probably put on weight. He looks like a guy who could absolutely get ripped eventually, but um, I don't think he's like, his hips are pretty stiff. I would say not, not particularly quick to change direction. Um, not bad. Like, I don't think he's like, would be like a target at the NBA level, but I, again, much like how stone sees Bobby. Like I, I don't really see him as a positive. And I thought his rim rotations were pretty bad because because his load leaping is so extreme he has to be like super early and there were multiple times that he shows up super early and there's just an easy pass away and sure he might have stopped that initial drive but his closeouts aren't particularly great either and and the team's in a scramble and he can't like cover up for something easily it has to it takes his full effort and there's quite a few times where because it takes his full effort he can't really put that in and, and then he's providing zero resistance at all it helps so I think his defense is okay, not super positive. So it takes me to the offense. And I, I, I get what Coop is saying, right? Where there's um there's uh this there were more flashes, right? But I don't think any of it really stands out to me as something he can actually do. Like I don't think he can actually like dribble against good defenders. 
Um, I don't think he can actually like consistently do much other than screen and roll. Um, I think his numbers at Texas show that a little bit. He's a very good role man. He's a good finisher. He's entirely two foot, but he has good tenacity on the glass. He can get up when he does load for some pretty big dunks. Um, and even like when he's below the rim, I think if he can get to his left hand, he's a really good finisher and his right hand's not completely broken. It's not great, but it's not, it's just, he's so small to be that type of role, man. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see him doing really anything offensively. And when I mentioned that I don't love the defense, you're kind of getting to this point where it's like, well, you know, I don't know. Coop, where are you at with his offense? He grabs offensive rebounds. And he puts him back. And that's literally all he did at Texas. There is nothing else. And even in high school, it's like he leaked out in transition really well. And what else did he actually do? Like, like, do you like legitimately asking, is there anything else that he did or does or projects to do at all? Because I know Stone's about to come up here and say passing, but if he literally does nothing else, that passing does not matter. So I, I just, he he jump he jump real high. He grabs offensive rebounds, um, but how valuable is that in the absence of literally everything else? All right, so look, I'm not going to come up here and say he's worth a top forty pick or anything, but I do think that uh, you're right that I will say passing, and I think the passing opens up when you he looked like a lot more. Um, he had a lot more uh, ability or um, the the coach, I guess, maybe had more faith in him as a straight line driver. And I think that he, when he, um, as a straight line driver, I think he's a very reactive passer. Um, he's a manipulative passer. Um, obviously, he's not creating off the dribble or anything. It's attacking like tilted defenses. Um I think that he flashed good touch, a lot more touch in high school than he did college. Um, and I think that he had uh, a really um, – the, the touch made me buy the possibility of being like a decent mid-range shooter. I don't think that 8 of 9 shooting at the combine means anything um, as far as his three-point outlook because I don't think he's really ever going to space the floor in that way. But I do think he was capable or, or showed capabilities of me buying him being someone that can at the very least be like uh, a mid-range, like 10, 12 feet out from the from the rim type guy. And I think that that opens some possibilities um, for like cutters or, or second side baseline guys. Like I think he's a reactive enough passer and has good touch on his passes in the high school tape to where I think that that 10 to 12 foot midi uh, opens up a lot for his game um, in terms of how he can access those passes. So again, I'm not trying to sell you on him being like any sort of top 40, top 45 guy even, but I think that he, there's enough flashes there to make him a worthwhile flyer at some point in later in the draft, I think. No, he's not worth a flyer. Um, he like i i get what you're saying but at a certain point like even against really bad teams you have to show me something right like especially like texas played some cupcake teams 
and uh and he didn't show anything and, and like oh no he really had to defer the ball to Dylan Disu, Serge Abari Rice and Tyrese Hunter so he couldn't show off any of his game there has to be something i mean okay. all those guys are are probably better prospects and they are, good at they, they are they are but are <laughs> they like the dominant star level player that it's like yes man shut your mouth <laughs> I just I, I I really I I don't mean to bring this back up, but I really don't get how you can be this in on on Mitchell and not Clinton because how I am think, I this in? I, it's I, the, I don't have because you're in at all because you're in at all. You can't like at least Clinton projects to do something. Mitchell does I, what nothing. What shoot does, cover shoot. ground. Cover ground. <laughs> oh Dylan Mitchell gosh. is not that type of ground. Thirty-four percent on spot ups. Let's go. Did, oh wait, what was what was Dylan Mitchell's percent on spot ups? Oh, eight of oh, nine in the combine. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh god. This is this is this is devolving. this is a mess of an ending right here. Uh, Coop, wrap it up. Where where do you have uh, where do you have our boy? Um, I have him below. I have him very last on my board right now. He is uh, at 50 out of my 50 guys that I currently have ranked. Uh, maybe there's a world where he goes to the G League and he gets turned into uh, Jonathan Kaminga light, but I just don't see it happening. And he's not like, he's not a Cam Whitmore level athlete, right? Where it's like, I can see him just succeeding. Like he's not even like a, like a Jalen Lequeux, like who is currently kicking ass in the G League, basically just off of his athleticism alone. He's just not like that. Um, and I still cannot believe that right before getting a job as Portland's assistant GM, Mike Schmitz did a way too early mock lottery and sent Dylan Mitchell to the Rockets. You will never be forgiven for that. Yeah, I uh, I expect Mitchell to be a to be a trailblazer. Um just just a sense. Um no, but yeah, I I, I don't have him as draftable. I I'd I'd probably give him a a um a summer league invite just because I, I don't know, maybe he's bouncy and, and like, I, I don't think the defense is awful. And just to be like a six, eight wing without like awful defense. Like, I think that matters, but I really don't see, I, I didn't even watching his high school tape, see the passing stone did. Like, I just, I thought he was basically in nothing in high school as well. I I've just never really been there with Dylan Mitchell. He's a fine cutter. Like that's his thing. He can stand in the dunker spot, probably. I, I think he honestly profiles best as a role man, but he's not so good that you'll like bend. Like you'll be like, oh, we need a stretch five so that we can play Dylan Mitchell. You know what I mean? Like that's just, you know, like Jared Vanderbilt. Okay, that guy is worth making sure you have a stretch five for or figuring something else out, but not Dylan Mitchell. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I think that's about all we got. Uh, we probably came across really mean in this podcast. Um, I like Bobby Clipman and we all like Amari Bailey um, as second rounders. Is um, this is this the meanest podcast we've ever done? It's got to be up there. I, I I think it's up there. I just don't know. We I had that one. We had that one international pod we did last year where, we're like, aside from Brochito, <laughs> like we don't like any of these guys. Wasn't that the Gua podcast though? Oh, you know what? That that might be right. Uh, and, and we loved Gua. You guys loved Gua. Okay, well, you hate good basketball players. Is yeah, the that's that's what we've come to realize. Bryce hates good basketball players. Uh, only maybe I just maybe I just hate you too. 
<laughs> I I think that's what we've come to realize today is that uh we all despise each other. This is basically we are the uh god damn it, I'm gonna mess up the reference because I'm tired, but this is the Stevie Nicks band. Oh, I was uh, thinking you're thinking Daisy Jones and the Six. Is no, that what that is? No, I don't know. No. I don't know. I I don't keep up with this. I was god thinking that group from the hangover. We're like no, we're like uh we're like the three dudes from the hangover. That's oh, shit. I get to be Bradley Cooper, by the way, just so we're on the same page. Um, Fleetwood Mac, we are oh, the Fleetwood Mac of I, NBA I, draft. I've podcasts. been shouting this into my microphone, not realizing I was muted. I'm like, it's Fleetwood Mac. Why are you not hearing me? And oh, then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm muted. <laughs> Weren't they brother and sister, Fleetwood Mac? No, that's oh. uh, no, that's that's, that's like the... Abba. No, wait, are they? What, the what are you talking about? You're talking about the rock band that did the the, oh, right, the we mamas and the up. papas. We gotta wrap this oh, no, up because we have another podcast to record. Yeah, um, we, we we come, right come for this. your 70s history music. Yeah, uh, I mean, CCR was a group of brothers, but CCR's uh, goaded. I, I love, love CCR. CCR. Anyways, all right, guys, this has been great. Uh, feel free to hate us in the in the in the comments down below. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings to be a Draft Podcast. We hope we are ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.